Hey, I hope you're having a good day. Uh, this is Elan, and welcome back to the Holistic Health Podcast. And today I'm joined again by the amazing Finn McKenna Fox. Uh, Finn, how are you doing today? Yeah, good, man. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, it's good to jam out. Yeah, definitely looking forward to today because uh, we're going to go through some different misconceptions that tend to pop up that we've both seen a lot working with hundreds of people over the last few years. Uh, so I think it's a really interesting topic to to delve into. And uh, just to give everyone an overview, we're going to kind of keep it to three uh, main themes. So the first one is going to be looking at, you know, uh, why you don't need to focus on just a calorie deficit, um, you know, rather than looking at your macros, um, having to diet to lose weight versus creating a healthy relationship with your food, and then, you know, smashing yourself with training and cardio. So we're essentially looking at, um food we're looking at the relationship you have with food and then also different things that pop up with training so there are going to be three big themes and we can delve into um lots of different ideas when it comes to each one of those um so the the first one to jump into focusing on just calorie deficit rather than looking at your macros you know i think that's a really you know great idea uh, that you had in terms of a misconception um because the amount of conversations I've had with many men and women and the lack of knowledge out there on what a macro even is, is mm. astounding to me. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> so, and it's one of the things like it's like with anything nutrition based now, like there's just so much conflicting information out there. So much overwhelming information of like what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. I can, like again, it's like so many conversations that I've been having with people is like they just don't know. Um, like and they've lost that trust in themselves. So yeah, like I think it's one of the things is just just coming back and just making it really super simple and easy for them to understand. Um, like I think that'll be a really good point to get from from this conversation. Yeah, definitely. And like to give a quick breakdown, macros are just macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fat. They're the three simplest ones to to focus on. And, you know, we're essentially getting different benefits from each one. Protein, easiest way to think about it is it's going to keep us feeling full, give us energy, make sure we don't have hunger or cravings. Carbs are there to give us energy for days that we're doing a workout, swimming, cycling, whatever activity. And fats are there to also give us energy to make sure that we don't feel hungry. They're amazing for satiety and keeping away cravings and then also for hormonal health and keeping your skin hair nails looking good and keeping everything working efficiently so that's the three macros kind of the most important things to yeah. do with, you don't you don't really have to go much deeper than that um have anything to to add to those yeah like it's it's just like as as you said, like it's just keeping it super simple with it. Like, and that's one of the big things that I like to focus on with clients is like just simplifying it so much so it's easy for them to start bringing the changes into how how they're eating. And like one of the first things that I get people to look at is just look at your plate, look and know, start on knowing and understanding what is a protein source, what is your fat sources, what are your carbohydrate sources. So when you look at your plate, you can ask yourself, is like, all right, does my plate have the right amounts of each of them on it because a lot of times it's like the carbohydrates is the easy one but then the protein and the fats are the ones that like fats are bad so we should avoid them it's protein we don't need enough protein so i'm just having like a big carbohydrate meal but like it might be like low calorie 
but then you're wondering why you're not feeling the fall after it. You're wondering why you have all, like it's like you're fighting cravings and stuff after. Whereas if you look at your plate and making sure you have each of them in the right amounts, like it's just the first simplest, easiest thing that you can do and the change that you can start bringing in. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's like something I get most women to focus on would be like, make sure you have like 30 grams of protein per meal. And if you can do that, everything else will almost fall into place. Yeah. And if you're if you're a guy, then you're probably going to be looking more for about 50 grams of protein per meal. And once you kind of start off with that, it's just like, okay, well, if I do eat meat, how am I going to do that? Like one chicken breast, okay, that's going to be 20 to 25 grams. If I have a steak, that's roughly going to be the same 20 to 25 grams of protein. If I'm a vegetarian or a vegan, if I have, you know, like maybe 150 to 200 grams of tofu, then that's going to be roughly about 20, 25 grams of protein. So it's just a case of figuring out, you know, what protein source do you like? And then having the right amount of it. And then you'll get the other five grams of protein, you know, maybe from if you have some potatoes with your meal as your carb source, or, you know, you'll be able to get that extra little bit from whatever carb or fat source you have in there too. Um, so yeah, I think just making it simple is the the biggest thing because as soon as you start to overcomplicate it, it gets too overwhelming, and then it's like, ah, oh, can't do this. So I'm going back to my old habit. Just let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Like, and then like the other side of it is is like so many people are we just focus on like oh, I just need to have low calories. It's like to lose weight, I just need to focus on being in a calorie deficit, but they don't really care where the calories come from. Um, where there's like lots of health foods out there that are low calories, but they're not actually healthy. Um, so like again, it's looking at that. It's like again, it's just bring, bringing things back to like yeah, no one will understand like where your calories are. Is it sitting within what you want from it? But again, it's like does it have the protein, fats, and carbohydrates that you, that you want to meet as well? Um, like I think that's the big one is just can simplifying it as much as possible. Of that like that's the one question that you can ask yourself every time. And it's like and that's one of the big things that I see for a lot of people, especially like when we're at home, it's easier to start bringing them things into control. But once you start eating out, if you're on the road and stuff like that, that's where it can get a bit more challenging. But it's the matter of like, just keep coming back to asking yourself that question is like, right, where can I get like my protein source, my fat source and the carbohydrate source from, from that. And like, so it just, it gives you more tools to be able to make the right choices. That's going to support yourself and support your goals. Yeah, no, definitely. So I think a good example to think of is like, you know, you could have, uh, let's say on paper, you need 1800 calories to maintain your weight. Um, for, for most women, that would be like, on average, what it would be, right. But if you eat all of your 1800 calories from carbs alone, you're going to have a lot of hunger, a lot of cravings, you're not going to feel satisfied. So it's going to make it really, you're going to make it really difficult for yourself to stay within how many calories your body needs. So then you're going to end up eating more, um, but then also having worse energy, more up and downs with your blood sugar, and then you'll just feel worse for it. Whereas if you had more protein, more fat, you know, you had your 30 grams of protein each meal, you had maybe 15, 20 grams of fat with each meal, and then you had the rest in carbs, you won't have any hunger, won't have any cravings, you'll have stable blood sugar levels, so then throughout the day, you're just like feeling good on an even keel throughout the day instead of this up and down and all over the place and like feeling like you need to, oh, I need to have some chocolate or some crisps or whatever. Yeah. 
So that's why the macros are so important because if you have them set up right, you're essentially going to be supporting your body and being able to feel your best versus yeah. being all over the place and being like, why do I feel this way? Yeah. And, and it's one of the things is like once clients start understanding this way and start eating this way, like it nearly like does a lot of it can be like, is like I never I never realized I could eat so much food. It's like I'm actually eating more food than what I was normally eating, but it's actually like it feels so much better in my body because it's getting it's more of that balanced diet. It's more of a balanced diet. It's more like as you said, it's you're not I'm not having them cravings, I'm not having them energy crashes and stuff, but like it's actually something that gets support in the body in a lot more of a nutritious way rather than just eating like low calorie foods because you think that's what you need to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then the question always pops up of like, oh well, I shouldn't eat carbs, right? Because they're bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. so it's it's too easy to look at things in black and white because it's it's never really that simple. Like no food is inherently good or bad. It's it's how we use it that's the issue. So I think that that's why people start placing labels on it. It's like, oh, sugar or carbs is bad for you because it makes you gain weight. But it's like, it actually doesn't. It's if you're abusing carbs, same as abusing anything else, it's going to be an issue. Like if you... Uh, if your body needs, let's say 150 grams of carbs per day, and you know, you train maybe two times per week, or maybe you just walk every day. If you eat 200, 300 grams of carbs a day, then yeah, that's gonna be too many calories for how active you are. So then your yeah. weight can start to go up. Yeah. So then then it, I can see why people place a label of like, oh yeah, sugar is bad for you or carbs are bad for you. But it's like, it's really not. It's just about if you're eating the right amount for how active you are, then it's not an issue at all. Because at the end of the day, carbs are just a source of energy. They're yeah. in the tank to help you throughout the day. Yeah. And that's one of the things, like, and it gets, that's where it's really good at the start as you're learning this and understanding this for yourself, like have ways of starting to track what you are eating. So you actually start understanding like the uh, like as close as as accurate as possible like what what does that actually look like like for your example like like what does 1800 calories actually look like what does 1800 calories actually look like when i'm having like 30 grams of protein in a meal so like what does that actually look like on the plate and like so doing that and building that relationship with it so you're starting to track it like and starting to like use the likes of my fitness pal or something so you can actually start seeing and understanding so that again it's just giving you more power so then like it's not the matter is like you have to track for the rest of your life it's like you you're learning what it actually looks like so you're learning how to be able to start picking that out and and, and having more power when you're making the choices around your food uh, moving forward yeah, definitely. Because it's a skill the same as anything else, you know, like we should really be taught in school from a young age, like here's what a, a 10 different protein sources are, or here's where you get carbs from, or if you, you know, want to get fat, here's yeah. where you get fat, the macronutrient from, you know. Yeah. Uh, but unless... Does, you... does, does fat not make you fat? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, of course. So, no, don't eat any fat. <laughs> But yeah, it's just like, it blows my mind how that's not in the curriculum. You know, you would specifically need to do something nutrition based in college to even get an idea of those. Yeah. And um, that's another good point as well. It's like fat, the macronutrient can't make you fat. But a lot of people think like, oh, if I eat too much fat, then yes, that will give me extra body fat. But that's not how it works. It's like, if you're in a calorie surplus, 
you're eating too much for what your body requires, then that's how you gain body fat because you're in a surplus. So your body's storing energy. That's, that's how we hold on to extra body fat around our stomach or our legs or wherever, you know? Yeah. So fat in itself, the macronutrient is really important because fat literally gives you cholesterol and cholesterol is the building blocks for hormones and hormones are essential for energy, mood, skin, like pretty much anything you can think of. That's what fat is supporting. So to think like, oh, I'm not going to eat any fat because it's quote unquote bad. It's like, that's a huge misconception for sure. Yeah, no, like it's so true. Like, and again, it gets to go back to that point you're saying. It's like, as like we were taught this in school, so it's up to us to teach ourselves now. And like, it's it's scary, like how many how many people in the forties, fifties that you're like talking to, and like they still don't know what it actually looks like. Like, what like where can I get it? What's a good protein source? What's a good healthy? What's a healthy fat source? Like, what does that actually look like? So it's like, but again, it's up to us to be able to like learn this for ourselves and understand this for ourselves because that, that's where we're going to start creating that healthy relationship with food because at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, and the one massive thing I've seen over the years has been how many people have a very distorted or unhealthy relationship with food. Um, Like, it's actually... It doesn't cease to amaze me, like the amount of conversations that I have where a lot of the same themes pop up where, you know, people are like, yeah, I basically worked with this coach before and he was like, yeah, really low fat diet. Don't eat any fat. Um, also, you should keep your carbs very low as well. Just eat a bit of protein. Um, yeah. And then from them having that approach, they begin to develop not a full eating disorder, but a very disordered way of thinking around food it's like oh yeah well i can't i can't really eat uh for fats like let's say i can't eat avocados or i can't eat bread for carbs or i can't eat any of these foods because they're quote unquote bad so now i have to avoid all those so now i have basically can't have much social life because all the nice stuff i want to eat when i go out for dinner that's on the the bad list yeah (laughs) yeah yeah we really need to like change that in in so many ways and again that's it like it's like we like so many people like we put so much pressure on ourselves and like it's how we speak about food is so unhealthy with that as like oh like i slipped up at the weekend i was like oh it was really bad it was really naughty at the weekend and you're like really it's like let's look at how you can create a healthy relationship with this so you can actually enjoy food in a healthy way so like it's like it's like and again it comes down to it's like I never focus on trying to be perfect 100% of the time because it's not realistic. It's not living. And it's like, if, if I said I was going to do that, that means I'm never having pizza again. And it's like, <laughs> stuff that like pizza, like life's like <laughs> life wouldn't be like, it's pizza too good not to have it again. But it's the matter. I was like, I'm not going to have it every day. I'm not going to have it every week. Yeah. But yeah. it's looking like, it's looking. It's like, if I am having something like that, it's like, I'm going to bloody well enjoy it. And I'm gonna make sure it's like when I'm having it, it's like I'm gonna make it a healthier choice. So like what what I'm putting on it is gonna be a healthier choice than than what it is most of the time. But it's like I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm not gonna feel guilty for it because like it's it's not like one bad meal is gonna throw off uh, like five days of eating really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think removing the labels around it as well. It's like you know we need to like stop thinking of things as like being good or bad. But instead of thinking like, okay, if I'm eating this pizza, 
Like, let's think about it logically for a second. Like, let's step out of our emotional brain. You know, 95% of the time we're thinking emotionally or, you know, from a, a non-logical position. So if we take a step back and be like, okay, let's, let's think like, what macronutrients am I getting from this pizza right now? Okay, so there's definitely carbs in the base for sure. If you've got goat's cheese and caramelized onion on top, you're getting uh fairly well balanced between fats and proteins from the goat's cheese from the caramelized onions and any other vegetables on it you're going to be getting a small amount of carbs some micronutrients um so if you look at the macronutrients of the pizza you're eating you could probably figure out like okay i actually have a fairly balanced meal here with protein carbs fats and we've already established that they're all important and helpful yeah. so so why should I put a label on the pizza as being bad for me? Like, yeah, any sense, you know, it's like the 500 calories that I'm getting in from this half pizza. It's like, how could that be bad in any way? You know, it's like, yeah. it doesn't yeah. make sense. It's like, yeah. And plus you're probably enjoying a pizza with friends or with a partner or something as well. Like, so there's so many other positives that come from that experience. Like you're socializing, you're connecting, you're, you're deepening friendship, you're deepening connection as well. Like there's all things that are really good. Whereas like people like are afraid to go out because they don't want to put themselves in that situation. Yeah. Like life is too short not to enjoy food. Like it's one of the, the few pleasures that's going to be there every day of your life. All yeah. Long. You know, yeah. To, to feel like you have to restrict yourself from it, it doesn't make any sense at all because yeah. it would be a miserable life. And who wants to have a miserable life? And I guess one of the things, like, so it's looking at, to, to start creating that healthier relationship around food, especially if you know it's like, all right, there's something coming up at the weekend that I'm going to be going out to. So, like, I know that's coming up. So let's prepare for that and prepare myself mentally for that as well so i actually can go and enjoy myself whereas a lot of times people is like oh like you're trying to eat well you're trying to like follow a diet or whatever as such and you're on a, a bit of a health buzz but you know you've got a wedding coming up at the weekend so then as it's kind of coming to thursday you're like oh this is coming up to the weekend it's going to be a blowout so i'll like i'm not going to make these better choices i might skip my training this day like oh can i have this little cake because this weekend is just going to be a write-off anyway and then like the wedding is like on the Saturday or whatever. I and mean, like you eat whatever, you drink whatever, you do whatever. And then you wake up the next day feeling sorry for yourself. It's like, I'll start again on Monday. And then you indulge more, you go, you have more, you do that. And then like, then Monday comes, you might get back in the bandwagon or you might not. Like, and that's the thing that it's looking at. It's like, that's the, that's the slippy slope that where a lot of people can fall down on. Whereas the matter of looking is like, this is coming on at the weekend. I'm going to actually be in point up until that, enjoy the heck out of myself on that. And then the next day, I'm going to wake up, like feel like wake up fresh to make the right choices and start straight back again of what I want to do the next day after it, rather than letting one thing throw out a whole week or even two weeks. Yeah. No, for sure. So it's like having that distorted or unhealthy relationship with food can then lead to self-sabotage because you're thinking of like, oh, I'm either I'm on the wagon or I'm falling off the wagon. There's, there's, no, <laughs> there's no like middle ground. It's like I'm either fully in and fully out. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, And then that leads to more procrastination or feeling bad or guilt or whatever emotions pop up. And then you're back into the the negative spiral and you're you're deep in the hole and you're looking up and like i can't get out of it now i'm, I'm too far down so yeah it'd be a very like vicious cycle to get stuck yeah. in for sure yeah um but 
yeah like when you, when you actually start thinking about things logically like you said about making a bit of a plan like a very simple thing to do is like okay if i have a wedding at the weekend realistically i'm gonna have a few drinks there's probably going to be anywhere from three to five maybe more if you've got a, if you've got a strong liver i'm a lightweight so two to four drinks for me i'm like that's kind of my limit but if you know you're going to have that surplus of calories then you can do a bit more during the week it's like literally as simple as like okay well if i add an extra five thousand steps monday to friday you know that'll give me an extra 150 calories per day so i'll have saved up maybe 750 then by friday um so 750 calories that's literally like a whole bottle of wine right there yeah, yeah. so making simple adjustments like that can be helpful because um i'm not really a fan of like taking things out i'm more like how can we add positives in so at least if you're getting out for a walk for longer that week on the build build up to the wedding or whatever event it's like now you've got more time for headspace you've got extra steps in maybe extra time to you know go for a walk with your partner or just listen to a yeah. book or whatever you like to yeah. do so it's like you've got that extra positive now there that that week as well as saving up some calories for the weekend yeah and again like and that's where it comes down to it. it's just like it's just creating that like healthy relationship with for food so like what you're doing is like you want to be able to know that you can sustain this for a long period of time and like that it's again to continue on this if like if it is the matter of like you are going out at the weekend and you know something's on like i still bring it back to what we were spoken to in point one looking at the proteins fats carbs look knowing that proteins and fats is going to help with cravings is going to help balance your hunger and stuff so making sure like the day before that like you like if, if it is on a saturday afternoon you go on it's like have a really good breakfast so you feel really nourished and full like and then you go to it so you're not going to be you're not going to be going there completely starving so then that's when like as soon as all the traits come out that's where you're craving and all that stuff when stuff do come out it's like all right let's look at making like a like let's look at making sure i'm getting a protein source here same if the next day it's like like look where can i where can i get that good balanced meal of the next day whereas a lot of times like feeling tired thing feeling hung over feeling sorry for yourself that's where we can go down the comfort food route and the comfort food route is normally very carb based normally like lots of lots of empty calorie based and then like that just keeps you spinning with it and keeps you wanting more of it so it's a matter of looking it's like right where can i actually get more of that balanced nutrition back in because i know that's going to get my body back in balance as much as possible as soon as possible so then you can enjoy yourself but then you know that you're not letting that lag on for days and days to come yeah no definitely it's like it's such a simple thing to do like if you have more of your carbs later in the day then it's going to actually make more sense because if you have more protein more fat in the morning that gives you more energy um and then if you have more of your carbs towards the evening then that's actually going to help you sleep better so then you're just structuring your day in a way that you're actually supporting yourself to have a good day um it's like it's almost like a type of unconscious self-sabotage to have lots of carbs early in the day because then you're basically starting the day off by telling your body like oh yeah here's this big amount of carbs that's going to throw your energy your blood sugar levels are going to go up like this and then they're, you're going to have a big drop that's why most people have that 11 o'clock slump or yeah. one o'clock in the day they're like oh i'm at my desk i'm like I'm struggling to keep my eyes open it's like okay if we made that small change in the morning then you'd be alert right now you wouldn't be falling asleep because yeah. 
like food is so powerful. So it's, you know, it really makes sense to just make some adjustments based off just a case of figuring out what those specific foods are that you like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the thing is with creating a healthy relationship with food as well, it's a very gradual process. So I think uh, a foundational step for many people, and I know this was my experience, was like, we have to change our mindset initially to stop thinking like, okay, this is going to so solve itself in the next four weeks or two weeks or six yeah. weeks. Like this is a, a journey you're going to be on for your entire life. So let's get rid of that instant gratification and think like, okay, how am I just going to make this gradual change over the next yeah. few months and years? And yeah. eventually it's going to develop into a healthy relationship. There's there's not going to be a, a quick fix where you're just like, oh yeah, I'm perfect now. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Like it is, it gets looking at the long game with it. It's like, it's, we're making these changes for, for like lifelong gains and like looking for that long, longevity aspect. And I know for that, that was a big one for myself is switching when I was kind of going through my own health journey. It's like switching to more looking at the longevity aspect of like, how do I want to eat? How do, how do I want to look after my body from in a more of a holistic way? Like, and that was where like the gradual, where it's gradually got to where it is now. Like, and it's like, it's such a healthier relationship with food compared to where it was before. Whereas I would have tried stricter diets. I would have like, I've been for everything from like, vegan plant-based paleo carnivore like you name it like i've went from everything but like it's always come back to like where it is now and it's just like i eat fucking real food and it's like i eat healthy balanced food it's like i follow the 80 20, 20 principle for myself whereas like if i'm eating well 80 percent of the time enjoy myself 20 percent of the time i know i'm gonna get what i need making sure as i can get like my proteins making sure and getting that because it is when i don't have that i can feel my energy drops i can feel my mood slumps i can feel like the emotional eating wants to come in emotional eating is going to be more carbs that puts you in that spiral so then it's checking that so then coming back to the basics mm -hmm. and like again that's that hasn't happened overnight that's a hot journey that i went on but when this comes back to that it's just like it just seems like it's just so much more livable and doable yeah definitely and uh you just like brought back some memories for there i was thinking back like when i first started training properly like going to the gym and stuff that was like april 2012 but um you know i really had a serious like chocolate uh addiction <laughs> pretty much and i still do but it's just like i have it under control and uh emotional leading has always been a thing that's been an issue for me because that's been a, like an easy way in the past that I've been able to cope with stress or different yeah. emotions, like feeling depressed or feeling lonely or feeling sad or feeling happy or, you know, lots of different emotions. So I found it was actually quite difficult for me when I was like starting to track my food and um, make some changes with everything that I get so many cravings for chocolate and ice cream and, and all that kind of stuff. And it was a very gradual process of building up the willpower but i actually found it's like it wasn't so much about building willpower it was more so about like okay if i structure my food correctly with yeah. my breakfast, lunch dinner then i actually won't get these cravings to want to eat like one of those big massive dairy milk bars in one go <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like five yeah minutes or eat a whole four pack of flakes you know something like that um, so I thought that was interesting and that might be a misconception for some people. It's like, oh, I just need to be disciplined and I need to have the willpower and I need to be motivated and focused to do this. Yeah. But yeah. 
it's actually not really that. It's more so just if you set things up correctly, it'll flow yeah. better. Yeah, and that's it. Like it's if you're relying on willpower to eat a certain way, it's going to be a hard journey for yourself because it is like it's worse. But like if you start learning to eat, like how we've been speaking, like that makes it so much easier for yourself. Like it's again, it's like when you're eating the right amount of protein, fats, and like have more of that balance with that is like it's like the cravings for all of the other stuff is going to diminish so much. So like, it's like, you're not like the willpower is like, it's, it's diminished because like, you're not having this empty, like you're not having this big energy lull. You're not having this big crash looking for something that's going to, you know, that's going to give you that quick spike. That's going to give you that quick up. Um, and like, that's the biggest thing is like with people that do have a lot of them sugar cravings, a lot of them like the unhealthy habits around food and stuff. It's by starting to eat more of a balanced way. They just see everything else just starts balancing out so much easier. Mm -hmm. yeah there's a really good book i read on it uh about it must be like six or seven years ago at this point but it's called the hungry brain uh by stefan guillene and he goes into so many different aspects of why we struggle with hunger and cravings and how we can solve that um so yeah it's it's like an issue that nearly every human being probably has so this is what we're talking about is going to be super important for everyone yeah yeah like this like everyone has hunger and cravings at some point of their life <laughs> yeah true and and it's such a simple fix as well it's just a case of figuring out you know what what those specifics are for you yeah yeah and that's it like and like it's what the specifics are for you because like what works for me might not be specifically working for for yourself elon like and what works for me right now might not work for me in six months time but it's the no one as I keep coming back to like right what are your foundations just kind of keep like the more you keep and check it in with yourself with that you're having a healthy relationship you're able to adapt as you go yeah no definitely and obviously like food is one thing but then like training and um, exercise and activity is another area you know that there's there's so many misconceptions um, and you know I think with training especially it's something that's it's quite difficult for a quite difficult habit for a lot of people to get into because same as food you go online and it's like what type of training should i do it's like yeah. hit training there's low intensity training there's strength training like kettlebells dumbbells do crossfit do all this different stuff and it's like just too many you know ideas of what to do so it can, that can be extremely overwhelming for a lot of people the same way it can be with with food um you know so it's going to be really important to focus and figure out what's going to be work working best for you and your body because you know if you're smashing yourself with training and cardio and it's like a lot of people think they have to go to the gym every day or i need to do something every day yeah it's like you actually don't you know it's more is less with yeah so it's a case yeah. of figuring out, you know, what's going to work best for your body and yeah. how we can make that sustainable as well. Yeah. And again, like I feel like one of the first things that I like to speak to with clients about that is it's what do you actually enjoy? What's the thing? What is it that what's your relationship like with exercise and what's the things that brings you joy? To, because if you can start looking at that first and foremost, and it's like, let's just get more movement up into your day, doing the things that you enjoy is going to be a big stepping stone because like, like, yeah, like if you, if you absolutely hate lifting weights, 
And it's like, you're not going to lift weights whenever the, a day comes when you're like, oh, I have to do this today, but I fucking hate it. And it's like, it's, I guess good as just fall off the bandwagon pretty quick. Where it's looking, it's like, what are the things that bring you joy? What are the things that you enjoy pushing your body doing? And let's look at where we can bring more of that in. Like that in itself is number one big stepping stone to, for people to start working. So find what exercise works for you and do more of that first. Yeah, because I've seen it so many times uh, where someone said to me like, yeah, so I wasn't really doing much for maybe doing some walking. And then I just started going to the gym every day and I ended up getting injured and I haven't been able to do anything for the last six months. And I was like, hmm, I wonder why you got injured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, maybe it was the fact that you went from not doing any training yeah. at all to completely yeah. doing way too much. And yeah. your body's only going to react in, in one yeah. way. Yeah, or like that. Like, I was like, I need to go to the gym five days a week. I need to work out five days a week. It's like, how many days a week are you working out now? None. It's like, let's maybe look at two days first. Yeah. And and get yourself used to doing two days a week first. And like, let's focus on that for the next four weeks. And then, like, once you have that built into yourself, right, let's go for three days. And then it's like, if you can get them three days, good. It was like, and like, you can do that consistently over the next six months. Like, that's three days a week that you're training consistently over six months. That's so much better than doing five days a week for two weeks, then it giving too much and then absolutely doing nothing, getting injured, or just saying it's too much thrown in the towel and not doing it. And then six months later, looking back, I was like, oh, I had a good spell too for two weeks. Yeah. It was like, it's again, it's looking, it's playing the long game. It's like, where can you just, where can you just add something in that's not going to be too far away from, from what it is that you're already doing, but it's going to be enough to make some changes and just build that muscle of consistency with that. And then just from there, let's look at like adding something else from that. Yeah, definitely. Like I try and think over, like if you look at the course of a year, just imagine like a calendar, this 52 weeks. If you even just did one session per week for 45 minutes, by the end of the year, you've got 52 sessions. Whereas like you said, if you do like five sessions a week for four weeks, get burnt out, get fed up and then do nothing for the rest of the year, you've done 20 sessions in that one month. <laughs> like it's so easy to do one session a week. Yeah. 52 now over a year. Like that's amazing. Yeah. I think an easy way to, to think of it is like, if you do just one session a week, you will pretty much maintain most of your strength, fitness, flexibility, wherever you're at. Yeah. If you do two per week, you're going to make substantial progress. If you do two full body workouts yeah. a week. If you did three per week, that tends to be the sweet spot for most people where it's like, you'll make a ton of progress. You'll get fitter, stronger, more flexible, leaner. You'll gain a bit of muscle. Your shape is going to change. You're going to feel better in your clothes. Your cardio will improve. You're going to have yeah. more energy. You'll be able to pick your kids up without even thinking about it. You're going to yeah. bend over and pick something up off the ground without being like, oh, my back's in bits. <laughs> or, you know, like you won't feel yeah. like a rock, basically. Yeah. It's so it's very simple then because like some weeks you're going to have weeks where you're super busy you might only get one session done yeah so some people might be like oh i did one session like that i failed this week so i should yeah. up. but it's like well if you did one session you've maintained so like that's not not a bad thing is it yeah yeah so it's there's going to be so many ups and downs within a year and if you do one some weeks if you do two other weeks three other weeks but then look at the year and how many total sessions you've done then that's going to be a huge win 
and you'll be much further on than if you did nothing. Yeah, no, so true. Like, and again, like it's for people to look at the long term game with it rather than that quick. Like, it's not just a quick turnaround. It's not a quick fix. It's look at playing a long game with it and looking for that long longevity. Like, because that's where the change, the real change happens. And like, even like it's like, I had like one of the new clients started there the other week and. Like we're just talking about like where she is and what she wants to do. And like one of her things was focused on trying to get up to like the eight, eight to 10,000 steps a day. And she was like, oh, I just don't know how I'm going to do that. And I was like, I was like, how many steps would you feel like you're doing at the moment? She was like, I'd be lucky if I get 2,000 2, steps a day. And I was like, all right, cool. I was like, forget about the 8,000 steps. Let's look at getting that up to four to 5,000 steps. And if you can get that up to four to five thousand steps a day consistently every day, it's like you're already two, three times better than what you were before. Yeah. And again, and it's just like as soon as that happened, it was just like, oh, that's actually so much more easy, so much more achievable and manageable. It's like, let's go to do that. And yeah. again, as you said, it's like some weeks you'll some days you'll smash that, some days you'll get a little bit lower. But like an average, it's gonna like you're get you're bringing yourself up to that next level of of what it is that you want to do. Yeah, because even if you go from two to four thousand steps average, it's a hundred percent increase. Yeah, so that's that's a huge increase. Yeah. So I think um, there's so many things that are are common out there. Everyone's like, "Oh, you have to do ten thousand steps per day," but but then that's when you know the customization comes into it, figuring out like, well, you're different to most other people. Yeah. So like if someone is unemployed and they're like, oh, I do 10,000 steps every day. It's like, okay, it's pretty, pretty easy for them if they're <laughs> right? yeah. a lot of time, but yeah. you have three kids, you work full time, you've got other responsibilities going on. Like you might have the time to do that. You might have time Monday to Friday to do 4,000, 5,000 if you're walking to and from work or whatever. And then maybe it's on the weekend that you have time to go for a walk on the beach or go for a hike or yeah. something. So, you know, just because you can't hit numbers that other people have said, yeah, you can't get results. It's just a case of figuring out what what works for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And talk to me then with regards to exercise, then like you're saying like the three three workouts a week is that sweet spot for yourself. Like what what should that look like? What do you feel like would be a good recommendation? Is that three days of breaking your bollocks in the treadmill running or is it three days of strength training or like three days of yogurt what do you feel like what's a good recommendation for people to look at yeah three three days of handstand push-ups probably <laughs> max effort yeah <laughs> but no seriously like most people if they do a full body workout three times per week even for 30 minutes because um at this point I've worked with over 400 women over the last seven years. And we've always done, um, especially over the last four years, we've done 30 to 45 minute classes. So if you can get a full body session done in 30 to 45 minutes, three times per week, you have five to 10 minutes of stretching, uh, 25 to 35 minutes of let's say a full body workout could literally just be lunges, modified push-ups, overhead press, calf raises, maybe some ab work, maybe three or four rounds of that. Um, and then maybe a little bit of stretching at the end or a little bit of meditation or something like that. You have a very simple plan like that. You can make so much progress. 
Um, and then it's just a case of progressing that gradually. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it doesn't have to be an hour long session, doesn't have to be an hour and a half. It just has to be 30 to 45 minutes where there's no messing around. It's like, okay, we have the specific structure and we're just going stretching, go through these, you know, different exercises and you're done. That's it. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Um, if you're feeling really ambitious, you might have a cold shower afterwards, you know. <laughs> um, but it's literally as simple as that. And the uh, I suppose the the issue for many people is like, okay, within a workout, maybe I have a knee, I have like tore the cartilage in my knee, or my rotator cuff has been giving me issues, or one lady that you know you've been working with a lot, she had an Achilles issue, and over the last four months, you've managed to get her to the point where she doesn't have that issue now so she yeah. can go back to running so that's where it can be a little bit challenging for some people it's like if if you do it yourself then you can run into issues because if you don't have years of experience with knowing specifically what movements to do and how to rehab issues then that can make the whole you know journey a lot more difficult yeah and like again that's it like it's looking at that whole element of it's working with your body and doing the things that is going to be supporting your body is going to be challenging for yourself but it's not breaking yourself yeah no definitely it's um like with certain exercises you know they're just not going to work for your body like i used to do lots of squats with a bar on my back and like i got really strong at it as well i got up to literally doing like 140 kilos for a set of eight, 175 for one. So the strength wasn't an issue, but I was just being an idiot because I was constantly ignoring my knee where I tore the cartilage and being in pain the whole time. And then after about four or five years, I was like, okay, I actually need to stop this because my knee feels like it's about to explode. <laughs> really, yeah. really bad. So then as soon as I started listening to my body and doing, uh, I started doing Bulgarian split squats instead of, squats with a bear on my back it's like oh yeah i have no knee pain now but i'm able to get stronger and you know yeah. like feel good and everything so it can be just a very simple switch like that from uh one exercise to another that could be the thing that makes a massive difference for you you know um so you know that's exactly why when we're you know working with any new clients we always do um you know a movement analysis session where we'll we'll go through every muscle group and we'll figure out you know what works for you because yeah if somebody doesn't do that with you that's a type of negligence for sure you yeah know? yeah yeah and mm -hmm. uh, yeah like i think the last one to kind of talk about with regards to exercise i feel would be is like the whole cardio side of things so i need to smash myself running to, to try to lose weight yeah so like the thing is you know if you don't enjoy running it makes no sense to be like oh i have to run because at the end of the day, it's just a type of cardio. And cardio in itself is great for many things. You know, if your blood pressure is high, your resting heart rate is high, if you just want to have more energy, you want to feel fitter, doing cardio is really important. But to get in really good shape, you don't have to do that much cardio because when it comes to getting leaner, feeling stronger, looking different in your clothes, the only way you're going to do that is by changing your body composition. So you need to do a type of training that's going to help you to gain a little bit of muscle, lose some body fat. And the only way to do that really is doing some type of strength training or, you know, that workout example that I gave there. 
and gradually uh, increasing, you know, the difficulty as you get stronger. So no, you don't have to do lots of cardio. You can be in amazing shape without doing it, but doing a little bit is still important, but it would be like, you'll get enough pretty much from the walking you're doing, or if you just added in a little bit of swimming or, you know, some cycling, just making sure you're getting your heart rate up to like around 130, you know, in zone two, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, unless you're planning on being a, an elite level athlete or you're someone who wants to run a marathon or has a very specific cardio goal, then yeah. you don't have to do lots of cardio. Oh, awesome, man. Yeah, not an answer out of that one. Um, yeah, so a few of the other kind of um, just different misconceptions I, I wrote out earlier, uh, I thought it'd be one of them would be really good to go through um, in terms of longevity. Um so a lot of ladies I've worked with, you know, maybe in like their 50s or in their early 60s, they're not really sure about strength training and, and stuff like that because um, there's not really much information out there about, you know, like menopause and, and stuff like that. And a lot of uh, women actually don't realize like when you um, when you hit menopause within the first five years, um, the majority of women can lose up to 10% of their uh, bone mineral density and that's what can be a risk factor then for osteopenia in their late 50s early 60s and then that can lead to osteoporosis and i've worked with a good few women who have osteopenia already um and one of the things that if you listen to any endocrinologists who know a lot about female health especially the one main thing they all recommend is to do some type of strength training because yeah. if you do that in your 30s and your 40s before you enter menopause you can massively reduce the chances of having osteopenia or osteoporosis mm. or if you do get them you're going to have a much higher quality of life because mm. the other thing that tends to pop up as well is like people who have worse balance as they get older that can be one of the biggest risk factors for issues because if you've really bad balance then you're yeah. more likely to fall over yeah. And how many people do we know of who has a granny who fell over and broke a hip or, you know, yeah. really yeah. unfortunate like that happened. And as soon as that happens in your late sixties or early seventies, obviously your recovery is never as good. So it's like your retirement basically is almost going down the drain because those years you wanted to do fun things or have time with your family or whatever. Now you're stuck because you know, you're, you have a broken hip, you need to get surgery and all these different things that, that pop up. So obviously, uh, we're not there yet. I'm, I'm almost 30. <laughs> um, yeah. What age are you, Finn? Uh, 36. <laughs> Actually. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 36. Yeah. I was, I was going to say 30, at least, you know, you've got yeah. of youth. I do have three kids. <laughs> that lots some years. Like I, would, I would have had to start uh, start young to have at about thirty, but yeah, yeah. But it's just like you know when you know. I think even if you're in your forties, you're not really thinking about like, oh, what's my life going to look like when I'm sixty or seventy. But it's like when you have that long term mindset now of like ingraining these habits of getting stronger and stuff like that. Like that's going to pay huge dividends for quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like all you have to do is look at 
people you know who maybe have been active um in the past like my granddad for example he used to train a lot like gymnastics running cycling always very very active and he survived two strokes yeah and he's still walking around and he can still do things in the garden and he's in his early 80s you know yeah yeah whereas you can be almost guaranteed if he had been just a couch potato he probably would have been gone on the first stroke you know yeah miraculously recovered from both of those yeah so there's a lot to be said for you know what we're doing now in terms of habits is going to have a huge effect um so there was one other thing as well i want to mention so when it comes to um like menstrual cycle like uh, it may be a surprise or not if if you've listened to a lot of the stuff that i've talked about before but it's something that's really important to consider so a lot of women that we work with you know we openly come up with a plan around their cycle to make sure um, you know, you're working in sync with your body and not against it. And um, a lot of um, our female clients have reported back that when they do some light training uh, during the second half of their cycle, either before or during their period, it can actually alleviate a lot of uh, PMS symptoms or help with things like low energy, low mood, um, you know, things like that. So I think that's a, a misconception too, that um some women think like okay i shouldn't do anything at all you know in the second half of my cycle or things like that but the feedback that i've got from many women has been very positive and it's literally just an easy session as well it could be just stretching for 15 minutes or a workout but you use very light weights or yeah yeah just scale it back from what you normally do yeah yeah exactly um so yeah that's all i really have to add to it um Anything else you wanted to touch on for today? No, I think that's we covered stacks, loads and heaps. I think like um, yeah, like there's a lot to take in there for people. So it's it is like I think the biggest thing it is is just coming back to just the simplicity of what it is that we're doing and looking at that, looking for that long term. Like, what is the things that I want to do that's going to create long term habits? It's not looking for that quick fix because if it is a quick fix, more than likely it's not it's not going to be sustainable and it's yeah, it's not going to be optimal for yourself. Amazing. Good stuff. Well, um, I hope it was helpful for anyone who's listening. And, um, you know, this will be available on Spotify, YouTube, uh, Google Podcasts, Audible. It's on a few different podcast platforms. And um, yeah, if you have any uh, questions about anything or you'd like us to go through any topics in particular, uh, just drop a comment down below and we'd be more than happy to go through it. And um, yeah, it was great to chat again. So uh, I'll see you soon, Finn. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Take care.